Welcome to the Real Estate Addicts Podcast. This is episode 50 with your hosts, Dan Rubin, HRV Homes. Ray Herto, HRV Homes. Mark Svatsky, Choose Boston. And joining us today is... Steve Shinecroft. How are you guys? Thanks for... How are you, Steve? Yeah, Steve, thanks, thanks for being here. Thanks for inviting me. Beautiful. Number 50, guys. Number 50. Can't believe it. It's a major milestone. Really didn't think we'd do this this long. <laughs> I didn't think we'd make it past 20. I think we got another 50 under our belt here, guys. Yeah, you get badges for that. Yes. Just yeah. like the Peloton. Scouts, Eagle Scouts, <laughs> Peloton bikes, all the rest of it. Steve, who's your favorite Peloton instructor? Whoever has the best playlist. Who's that woman? God, I can't remember her name. Allie Love. Not Jess. Allie. Emma Lovewell. Jess, Jess King. She does the crazy Woodstock um, one. Yeah, she's good. She does the, um, the playlist ones. She's good. Uh, I'm a Cody Rigsby fan. Oh, I'm not. It's just so, he's so entertaining. I'm not a big Cody Rigsby fan. No. Ben, ben something or other is good. You know who's like the hardest? That woman who does Tabata. What's her name? No, the Chinese guy, Sam. I find his classes oh, Sam, you know, he's not. You're That's tough. Just, that is if you, that is if Mark's you, batting not batting nothing right now. <laughs> that, is, that is if you do you tell they tell you. To, sometimes I'm just like I'm going to do my own ride. You know? I'm going to meet you on the bike, and we're going to do a, a 45 minute class, and we'll see who gets the better output. Allie Love used to do a, a live DJ class on Fridays, and I, I really liked that those classes. Like they bring in a real DJ, and like he actually spins while like mixes music while she does the class. So it's pretty cool. Who's the guy that had the um, the last dance ride? That was pretty cool. Oh yeah, yeah, Alex and Alex Toussaint. Alex Toussaint, yeah. I like him too. He has good. He has good music. Yeah, I love that how they open with like the Bulls mantra. That like um, that was sweet. Yeah, the Alan Parsons mantra. Indeed. So here I don't today. have a Peloton, so I can't relate to any of this. But hey, so we're here today to talk sure. a little bit about appliances, kitchen design, and such. And Steve is the owner of Yale Appliance and Lighting. And uh, you guys have been expanding pretty quickly the last couple of years. How has business been? And uh, what do you see in the past couple of months, especially in light of our, our, our new normal? Uh, that's a loaded question. I know, uh, a lot. You know, we, had our, we had the best month in our history, um, February, followed by a disappointing March. I guess for us, our salvation was... Um, the fact that we were a, a central business, you know, back then we decided that, you know, this was a, a huge unknown. Instead of just staying open, we, we, we did appointment only. And what we did is we, uh, we split the staff kind of in half and we work 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. on click to chat and on phones. And we didn't have a lot of people come in. You know, we expect in three stores over a weekend, two to 400 people, depending on and when you go from two to 400 to maybe eight, you just have to create your way out of it. I mean, uh, it, it sucked for everybody, probably less so for me because I was essential. And then the other half is, you know, you, you don't want to see um, certainly your staff, your customers get sick because of something that you may have done. So we had to double down on masks and cleaning and sterilization. We, we disinfect every package that comes in the now. Every package gets disinfected. So, you're going to take it seriously. It's a, it's a, it's a whole thing. It's, it's not going away. And, and, you know, fall may come back. If it's not this one, it will be another one, maybe somewhere down the line. The good news is that I think it costs a lot of us to be more efficient. So the tasks that we would typically do by sending a person out to measure, you know, we do site checks and everything for builders. 
We do a lot of stuff now virtually where we go, okay, let's do camera to camera. Let me take a look at everything. So that was a, that was kind of like a long lasting win for us. We can do more with less that way. Yeah. But, um, you know, there's a lot of responsibility when you're, when you're delivering to somebody's house. Now, have you guys opened back up to the public yet? Or when is that? Is that in the works? I think next week we're going to be open, but mostly um, what we did, because I'm not really comfortable. I mean, I kind of waver between do we open, do we not open? And, and, and I do think you have to open the economy because there's going to be longer lasting kind of uh, damage. We have to realize that we are opening an economy with a 6%, 7% infection rate. So if you're bringing hundreds of people in, there's 14 or 15 people that, you know, by just by simple math, are going to carry the disease with them. And then you become a hotspot. I, I, what we're going to do is we're going to cut the capacity of the store down to 25% and still encourage appointments. Because, you know, with masks and sterilization, everything, I, I still think you can mitigate a lot of it. And keeping six feet away, I think it'll really, really help. But you can't do that at max capacity. So we're going to cut capacity down, spread the store out, and, and just make sure we're responsible when we open. Makes sense. Steve, here's a random question. You guys came and delivered a, a new refrigerator to replace my broken one at a rental last week, and you take the broken refrigerator. What do you do with all these broken appliances that come out of customers' houses? We recycle them responsibly. You know, I don't have a landfill behind a warehouse, so. <laughs> You know, the good news is that it costs almost nothing to do it responsibly because, you know, people paying for scrap. So, you know, your steel, you know, I'm not becoming a millionaire over the scrap, but it, it takes care of itself. That's oh, good. We recycle responsibly. Uh, everything that comes back to you, know, paper. You guys have been around for, for quite a while. You know, maybe you can give us a little brief rundown of the history, but you were in Dorchester for a very, very long time. And then couple of years ago, you decided to start, you started expanding and I think you expanded out what, uh, out into Framingham. Native, Framingham and over. Um, and then you're recently, you're opening a third location or have opened a third location. Yeah. So kind of give us a, a rundown of, of a brief rundown of the history and kind of why you waited so long to start expanding. Well, you know, the company's been around since 1923 and, you know, it was grandfather, father, me. And I was happy with one store. And I think you can do one compelling store. You could have. And I don't think we were ready to expand. I mean, to expand and not have a good logistics base of operations is it's kind of like running in place, in my opinion. So until we could keep our promises of, of, of good delivery, install, and service, I wasn't ready to expand because I think it's just shooting yourself in the foot. And I still wasn't ready to expand. And then traffic happened. I got the message, you know, one day we decided, you know, finally, and I decided to expand. It's uh, 2013. And I'll never forget driving out. I lived in, I was in, I grew up in Needham. And I'll never forget driving to Framingham the first time. You know, that's kind of where we wanted to put the store. I knew the area. That's where we spent a lot of time as kids. And the traffic going into Boston, it starts past range. And this is even after they took out the toll. So I'm like, I wouldn't come applying shopping in Boston for, you know, if I lived in Framingham. So we tried our original strategy, which was sound up until two months ago, was we have to be like at different points to be convenient. South Shore is another nightmare coming into the city. And I think we had plans going north and we're going to scrap those. But 
that was the whole thing is like, let's be beyond kind of, you know, we know we have, we're going to cannibalize a little bit out of Dorchester, but be more relevant to those, you know, Metro West and, and social attempts because you, you're not going to hit them from Boston. You guys in appliances seem to be the one category who may be immune from Amazon. Is that a true yeah. statement? I don't think anyone's immune to Amazon. And that's a good question. The one thing I can do that, that Amazon can't is, you know, Amazon is, it's a great, I mean, come on, how am I going to trash something that I get like half my <laughs> I mean, but once you get past like simple commodities, it becomes a lot harder. With an appliance, I'm not talking about just dropping it on somebody's doorstep. Now you're talking about putting it in someone's house. Then you're talking about having to know the topography of Boston because you have to know how to put it in someone's house, you know, especially in the brownstones. Then you've got to install it, move the old one, install is a separate kind of thing. And then you've got to service it because none of the manufacturers do. So it's the more you can do that says, this isn't just an appliance. You know, Amazon's looking at the space. I know they are. Not just the third party, but, you know, supposedly they're going to spend $1.2 billion figuring out the space. But the more that you can glom on to, it's not just the appliance, the delivery, install and service. The more yeah. expensive you make it for them, the more immune you become. That's true, really anything. What are typical margins like on appliances? Well, I'm straight to it. No, I mean, <laughs> no, no, no. Hey, listen, no. Is it a volume? Well, is it a volume? I mean, just want to know. Is it a volume-based business or? Because it's a commodity, even more so than a car, because a car, they can be smarter by saying, you know, the green car you want is over here. The red car you want is over Oh, you want it in leather? Then it's over here. Appliances, it is what it is. So the margins and appliances are probably some of the lowest that you're going to find. Typically, uh, an appliance dealer is a it's a 25 to 32% margin proposition. Yeah. Depending if you hit all your numbers, get your VRs, and maybe more or less than that. That's your typical number. All I remember is because I, I worked at Best Buy in high school and they the, uh, we, we got an employee discount. And I remember the discounts on appliances were the worst discounts as even as an employee. I think I got like $10 off of an appliance and then I would get like $50 off of, you know, a USB cable or something like that. So it's like, you could tell that the, the margins were pretty slim. The margins definitely, but, but in terms of handling, handling it right, handling it right, installing it right, servicing right is, that's the biggest part of the game. And a lot of point stealers don't understand that. It's almost like there's a silo that says it's okay to accept that because, you know, we don't have to pay for it. But you really do because customers get pissed off. You've got reverse logistics. You know, manufacturers don't take it back, so you can sell it off at a discount. So that's the part that, that really I think we've worked on the most is, is the back end. You know, we get nice showrooms, but there are other nice showrooms around. You know, Best Buy has got some stuff. But it's that last mile is, is really the toughest part of it. I think to Mark's point earlier about the pricing, it's very easy to go online and say, oh, you know, a Home Depot is selling it or a Lowe's is selling a certain appliance. I think Best Buy has actually also gotten into some of the at least Thermador range of appliances. There's other online retailers like AJ Madison that will sell appliances and they'll deliver to you. Can you tell us a little bit about like price matching and how that works as well as are certain manufacturers having you sign a contract and telling you, you can't publish the price or you can't disclose a certain price or you can't do certain discounts. How does that end of the business kind of work? 
Well, I'll tell you how to buy an appliance because I think this, that's your real question is, especially for builders, because, it, you know, builders, certain types of builders should expect better prices. And, and we'll get into that. There are five times in a year where you can walk in and get a discount of, of 10 to 35%. And I publish it all over a blog that we write. You want the best price. Now, it's, I, with COVID, it's, it's going to be hard because COVID has affected demand and supply. You know, you get COVID in the factory, you shut down the factory, sterilize it, and at least three of the companies did. And then guess what? You know, if it's happened in a warehouse, you got to do the same thing. Now you got product that you may not may or may not be able to sell. But, but given that, historically up until this point, and Samsung and LG have driven it because this is how they went to electronics. If you bought during President's Day, Memorial Day, July 4th, uh, Labor Day, and especially Black Friday, the pricing was just put out of point. Just is. They've turned appliances into TVs. And we can argue the rationale that you can wait for TV, you can't wait for your broken washer. But that's kind of how it is. Is the pricing better because the manufacturers are lowering it on their end and therefore you can lower it on your end? Just want to make sure we're clear on that. Absolutely. Manufacturers lower it and set the pricing. Now, here it is. You're talking about a UMRP price. UMRP price is, is something that a contract I signed saying that I won't publish anything lower or won't sell it any lower. In fact, that there's certain lines, if you sell it lower, you get a you get a warning from the manufacturer that says you sold it lower, you cannot get this product for 30, 60, 90 days, whatever it is. Right. But typically, when you're talking about 25 and 30 points and good delivery and everything else, it, it's really hard to get it lower than that anyway. Like if you compared you know, AJ Madison to me or, or, or Home Depot, mm-hmm. we should be right in line most of the time because to go lower is like almost cutting your own throat in terms of profitability, quite honestly. Now, how does this affect a bigger builder? Well, bigger builders, it really depends on how much the manufacturer wants the business. In certain, stank, in certain cases, what you do is you, you shop around, and you know, depending on the segment, whether it's Certainly, if it's high-end, say like Mila, Thermador, Sub-Zero, Wolf, shop in those three. Uh, typically, one of them wants the business more than the other, and that's what you do. You know, Samsung, GE, same thing there. And you can get very decent pricing where I'm just basically paid to deliver, site manage, and uh, service the product. That's so what are the mechanics to shopping those three apl- hypothetical appliance lines? They come into the store and tell your rep that you're interested in these three and the rep will, or your sales rep from Yale would call those different manufacturers and see who's competitive on it? Well, first of all, you know, I honestly believe that, that in terms of what you should buy as a builder depends on the market. Like New Boston, for example, he's probably my third phone call I ever took at Yale. When times were tough, when times were tough I told him to go with Sub-Zero Wolf, right? Because people understand the brand. When everything sells, I've always advised, pick a good brand and save the money. Because if it's going to sell anyway, you may as well put the money in your pocket, right? If it Sub-Zero Wolf, and I love those brands, and I love Mila and, and, and Thermidor, they all have their points. But if Thermidor is $5,000, $6,000 cheaper, and you got 20 units, then why not pocket the $120,000, right? Yeah, that's real. But, but the mechanics of it is basically figure out what the project is. Let us do some comps and let us help you figure out what brands you need. So how many units do you need to start getting competitive numbers like that and work with, with what would be your sort of builder's division? 
it depends on the era. You know, if you're talking recessionary eras, three. You know, if you're talking about white hot 2019, you probably need 10 to 15. It's always good to ask. You may as well, right? Yeah. Well, certain, certain brands like Gen Air and I think Thermodynamics, they have, they have builders discounts to anyway off the top, right? Like a builder yes. program, sort of speak? Yes and no. I mean, you know, we've always looked at builder pricing as, you know, not everybody can get builder pricing here. And I don't think every, anybody should. Builders get builder pricing here. They've got kind of like kind of like a quasi-builder program. But if you were to buy, and I like Gen Air, their new stuff is really nice. But when you get serious about buying their stuff, they get much more serious than that kind of, quote, builder program they have out, to be honest. Let's jump into some trends in appliances. Dan Ray and I all went to the Builder Show and we spent a fair bit of time walking through different appliance manufacturers booth. Seems like smart home technology was a big trend. Uh, We're still seeing different colors for appliances. People trying to make that work. What are you seeing out there? Any big trends that you think are really taking? The black black stainless. Or or paneling Yeah, that you think are going to go away. Yeah, paneled appliances. Black stainless is dying and I, I take I take some credit for that. <laughs> everyone's like, everyone's it's like quite, quite a claim. No, no, no. I'll, I'll tell you I'll tell you why. Because you know we get the sales reps and they say black stainless is 35% of unit sales in box stores. I'm like, really? I'm like because this stuff scratches. So I did a video showing how easy it is to scratch it. You know what it is? It's an oxide coating over steel. Right? Mm-hmm. So basically if it's breached, like if you have a child or you know, you bump into it the wrong way. You reach it. All you're doing is you're showing the stainless and it's impossible to fix. It's almost like peeling tape off, right? Yeah. So I did a video and I scratched like six French tools. I basically depreciated like $20,000 of the goods to prove this is what you shouldn't buy, right? In that vein, I, I think panels will always be in because cabinets will always be in. Panelizing appliances, especially when the trend goes to integrated, is a really nice look. It really is. When you can't see an appliance, it's always a good thing. That's good. I think color is good, but not the way they show it at builder shows. Like a pop of color looks good. Like a forced green kitchen uh, stove looks good. A forced green kitchen would be dated, right? When you get Blue Star, that makes a thousand different colors. Like bright orange would look kind of cool. You know, the way it would in... Like when you walk in a living space, you get like a neutral couch with bright orange pillows. Looks good. But a bright orange couch with a bright orange love seat looks bad all the time. I think color is good if you do a pop of it, right? Yeah, that's interesting. I, I'm concerned as a spec builder, we like to say we, we need to hit the ball down the middle because we don't know who our buyer is. Whereas if we're building a custom home for ourselves, I may be more liberal in those design decisions. Or let your customer decide what they want. If it stays within the spec and doesn't, it's not a special order. It's holding up the CO. Absolutely. I think why stainless works is not because the manufacturer wanted to necessarily, although they do now. It's because it goes with everything. You can't say, oh, I hate stainless. It doesn't go. That's not possible. Every wood tone goes with stainless steel. Every gloss white goes with wood tone, right? All your finishes, matte, gloss, black, white, goes with stainless steel. Whereas when, when manufacturers introduce a suite, right, it always fails. Like the, the toast, the coffees, the black stainless steels, 
they never work as sweet. There is one finish, oddly enough, that I think has some legs. Gene Cafe came out with um, their bright white, which is white appliances, nicely styled with different color handles. Like you can choose like copper and brass and stainless steel. I think white has a certain, well, white was the look before 1990. I think white has some cachet. I think it'll last because it's white. Hmm. Not sure anything else is going to work to that extent. What about finish aside, the smart appliances that we started seeing? I'll go to microwaves because that was where it was kind of, we've seen the, the fridges, you know, they've got the TV panel on there. They can tell you what's inside. Now we're starting to see microwaves where it's almost like a, a TV screen on the front panel. You can put something inside, but it also will help you do, I, mean, I guess if you want to play Netflix anywhere, you can play it there. You can get recipes. Are you seeing any of that pick up any steam on your end? Well, I'll tell you, you know, the, the Gen Air has a, uh, a mission. Here's what, here's what they want their products to do. They want you to tell the range by Alexa that you want lasagna. What this range will now do is scan the ingredient, scan the interior of your refrigerator to make sure you have all the ingredients from the lasagna that you want. And then it will shop for it if you don't have it by Alexa, you know, by home delivery or whatever it is. And then it'll set the proper cycle in the dishwasher. That's pretty compelling, but we're nowhere near that. We get kind of bits and pieces. I know what you're talking about, the G, um, you know, it's that G over the range microwave with the conferencing capabilities and everything. I you think, need to do a Zoom call from it. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I, think, I think in of itself, some of the smart works right now, some of it doesn't. I'll tell you where it works, is laundry. I mean, think about it, right? If your laundry is like on the top floor or the bottom floor, you go down, and you check on your laundry to find out you got like two minutes and 16 seconds left. So what do you do with that two minutes, 16? You hang out and you watch it like a drone until it's over. I think having it on an app that says, hey, the laundry's done. I think that's pretty compelling if someone has a basement or where my laundry is on the third floor. You know, certain grills that tell you when to flip the meat, like uh, the Lynx smart grill. I think that's really cool. Some of the Traeger stuff where you can smoke a, um, a roast for like seven hours and it says, hey, the roast is done after seven hours, or you input a recipe and it, it cooks it to that recipe. I think some of that's compelling. Some of the other stuff like dishwashers, I mean, put my dishwasher on at night. I mean, I don't want to be woken up by like, hey, your dishwasher yeah. is done, it's 2.30 in the morning. What do I care, right? I know, that it's, I know that it's done in the morning. I think some of it's a stretch and some of it's a buzzword. Once they put it together so we're more like the Jetsons back in the day where you're telling your appliances what you want, how you want it, and they do it automatically. What what about an oven that preheats via an app? I think that's kind of cool. I think Gen Air and Thermidor, Thermidor has that home connect where you can integrate with recipes. And so you can press the recipe and have the range kind of like make the food for you to that recipe. I think that's compelling. Janier's got a plug-in with Yumly where it's a gourmet setting. But these apps don't get rated very well because there's connectivity issues. It's first gen. You know, in theory, there's security issues, meaning they can't like, you know, it's not like the Ukrainians want a picture of you like cooking on a range. (laughs) But in terms of shutting down power grids and stuff like that, who knows? Yeah, I think the biggest issue with the with the smart home stuff is that 
a lot of these manufacturers are just that. They've been making appliances for the last hundred years. They're not technology companies, right? No. So they're trying to catch up to all, to to get up to speed with with today's day and age. And it's, I think it's sometimes it's it's kind of hard to do that. It, it's you- similar to my argument, Dan, where it's just like the the different thermostats and everything else in the smart home. I feel the same way, and, and it's you have to have one unifying component and it's almost like everybody needs to get on the android platform or the the ios platform and integrate there it's kind of like why you choose brilliant for your light switches because that can integrate with everything again you know ray bring up a good point i mean for builders smart home is going to be like is it smart you know your light switches are you going to be able to say hey light switches on and everything else i mean that's something that you have to contend with from the appliance side they have to figure out who's the winner and you know what people want from it because hey, right now it's just too early. It's so early. Fragmented. And the value prop behind it for a builder, I mean, you know, Sub-Zero Wolf Mila are not smart appliances. You know, they're the most admired appliances in, in the industry. So what does that tell you? We're not there yet. What's your best selling brand? Well, it all depends what we're talking about. We're brand loyal to, to customers, not to manufacturers. Uh, with that in mind, you know, it's spread on a lot of things. I, I think um you know, we do sell a lot of Sub-Zero Wolf, but we just sell a lot of Samsung on the other side. Because it's really, you know, Samsung is is the one company, when you think Apple and their wonderful design, the only company that's ever kept up with them has been Samsung, right? And they took that form and beautiful finishing. They were the first one to um, really look at appliances as like, these should be nice looking too, right? So them... You know, we sell a lot of KitchenAid, a lot of Gen Air, Thermador, and Bosch. Bosch is good dishwashers. Everybody knows. Do you think uh, we Bosch? Do, I do a lot of, uh, I'm, I do almost all Samsung in all of our rentals. Oh, great, great idea. I mean, it's the same price as Frigidaire. That's why we don't care Frigidaire. Which one would you rather put? Yeah. Frigidaire says, you know, it's depressing. Uh, I mean, Samsung has got like, <laughs> I mean, you can get convection and, and shallow depth at, at a price and it looks good and, and it's reliable. The knock on Samsung is, that as long as, it, you know, they're the number one selling brand of appliances in the United States. I mean, number one, after like, what, 10 years in the country? The problem is, is that growing so much, they have no real service behind it. So when something breaks, I mean, in certain parts of the country, you have to scramble around to find someone who knows how to mm-hmm. fix it. Do you think that Bosch has shot themselves in the foot? I've seen so much Bosch appliance and luxury condos in Boston over the past 10 years. And I assume it's because their pricing has been very aggressive, but it's almost the Ikea-ization effect as I'm seeing it. It's sort of like everyone has it, so it's not as special. Yeah, we unfortunately are a big part of that because it goes into if the market is red hot, do you need to spend $20,000 on a luxury appliance uh, package when Bosch, with really nice stuff, is recognized and everything else, will be less than half. So it's more of a reflection of where the market is than Bosch themselves. I mean, if you can get away spending less as a builder, I think you should. And I, I think we have a duty to you as partners to make sure that you don't overspend or underspend. And it's a tougher sell, you know, when the market is like, it's easy for me to say, Mark, go with Bosch, Fisher Bakel. They're good looking. You can get away with it and save some money. It's going to be a lot harder if this COVID turns the market upside down. It's much harder for me to see Mark. 
you need better brands. You mm. need to spend more money. I mean, that's, 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 and I think we may be headed there in some aspects. I completely agree with you. I think to your point, Steve, I think 10 years ago, Boston was in a place where Bosch was top of the line. And now as, as Boston has kind of skyrocketed in terms of real estate prices and, you know, the luxury buildings that are being built now, the demand for higher than Bosch has, has come about. And I think it's just a nature of kind of the progression of the city in general, potentially. No, you know, no, 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 no. Some, you're, you're absolutely right in some, but you know, a lot of people that move into Boston want to do so for the convenience, for restaurants, for everything else. And for them, you know, you, you, you move in from Wellesley and maybe you have a Wolf Pro and everything else. The last thing on your mind now that you don't have kids is cooking. So yeah. appliances in certain areas haven't become as important, although you can't stuff an off-brand because people understand brands. At the same time, they understand their lifestyle. Now, on the flip side of that, you need a better brand to sell a building sometimes, like in the recession. But the true luxury, I think a lot of, a lot of this business is fueled by people that, quite honestly, don't want to cook as much. So really a lot of, so a good brand may be substituted by a great brand, but you got to be very careful because, you know, there are a lot of luxury, luxury. I mean, a millennium is building their new tower, high luxury. So they're putting Sub-Zero Wolf in there because you can't get away with high luxury Bosch appliances. It doesn't work. Affordable luxury. Hey, we're a kind of neat lifestyle-y type of place. And we got Bosch appliances that works, but high luxury doesn't work with, with that brand. So it really depends. Steve, I have one more, um, just going back to the cool stuff that we saw at the Builder Show. Sure. Do you guys carry or have you seen any momentum with the, I don't know if they go in people's like master closet areas, but just the appliances where you can put your clothes in and rather than going to dry cleaning, it will steam or kind of dry clean them themselves. I've seen those the past two years at the shows. Well, everybody's been toying around with that stuff. And a lot of builders, they go to the builder shows and see a lot of cool stuff that never quite happens. What you're talking about is like Maytag had a washer dryer cap where you, you basically wash clothes in general cycle and you hang it in your drying cap. ASCO has it. I'm sure there's other people that do, but nobody seems to buy it. I'm sure, that, I'm sure there's people that do. What has happened to laundry? especially in the compact side, is it, it, laundry is, is an after-wall ovens is really a fast-moving category. It's like everybody brings their A-game laundry. I mean, you can get, you know, you can get the meal, which is they've got that diamond drum, uh, the honeycomb drum, where you can wash a fine washer. Tell us about vent-free dryers. That's a place where a lot of builders look to save money, and that technology has come a long way. Yeah, no question about it. There's two types of ventless. Yeah, I mean, what does it cost? Like $3,000 to put a hole in a building and you lose passive home and all that other stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to find the place to figure out how to get it out. Yeah. There's two types of um, vented, ventless laundry. There's condenser, which is regular elements with a condenser, and it emits heat back into the room. Everybody has that. A lot of people do that. The new dryers are heat pump. So it's actually a compressor that stores the heat. So it's way more efficient. And it doesn't any, emit any heat in the room. 
Ventless has become kind of the standard in Boston because you can put them anywhere. You know, water, power, those go anywhere. Mm-hmm. A heat pump, I think, is kind of the way of the future because it does save a lot of money and is way more efficient. Comes from Europe. All that's all that technology comes from Europe, by the way, ventless and heat pump. And the I one technology innovation I'm waiting for is a washer dryer that will do both. You put the clothes in, it washes them and then it dries them. They have them in Europe, but they're not great. I've used them. Oh God, don't buy those things. Uh, <laughs> it is those things are absolutely you're asking for problems buying all those things. You know, to me, I mean, I'm not super passionate. I mean, I'm super passionate about delivering good service to people. If you choose a Bosch Sub Zero and you think it's right for you, it's it's not for me to say. But there's certain things you shouldn't buy. At the top of that list is that product. <laughs> product. <laughs> I still want it. You, you have not talked. That that product has caused more angst. We don't even sell them anymore. I think the only way you can buy one here is if you sell a. If, if you sign away realizing all the things that we told you, A, it takes forever to dry. So I think it's three and a half hours for two towels. This is, <laughs> My God. Versus two and a half in a regular dryer for 20 towels. Not only that, but lint gets everywhere in those things. <laughs> so lint, lint prolongs the drying cycle and lint gets into the washing pump and basically seizes it after a while. So if you use this thing to any, like if you use this consistently, you get a two to three year life. Talks. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you know, we have a whole, most of our business is repair. We've got a guy that tests things. I'm like, are these still, I, I said like, actually wrote a blog post about it like a couple of weeks ago. And the question is, you know, because an Apple engineer swears by it, although he hasn't really manufactured yet. Apple. Right. I've seen his Vimeo or whatever. And then, you know, LG has one, Whirlpool has one, and they've answered the kind of drying question, but not the lint question. So I'm looking at reviews because I have to do some research. And the first thing a new user says is, this lint goes everywhere. How do I get rid of the lint? And my answer is, you don't. It gets worse from here. But, you know, we have a guy that, that tests this. There's no lint just goes in the machine. Just- Going back to the vent free quickly. They don't make vent-free for gas dryers, though. It's only electric, correct? Yeah. Well, all the European dryers are electric anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So they that sounds have, like it. Yeah. They may have full-size vents. I think LG or Whirlpool may have one, but I can check that. But in compact, no. It's all, it's all electric, actually. Sounds like that would be overrated. So it's a good segue into our last segment here. Steve, we're going to throw a bunch of terms, ideas, concepts at you, and you just quickly give us a... Uh, Overrated, underrated, or appropriately rated, and maybe a quick why. Okay. So I'll kick it off. Uh, refrigerator drawers. If you've got kids, they're, they're appropriately rated. If you don't have kids, you can probably save some money and just buy a regular. What about along those lines, dishwasher drawers? Overrated. Right. Although it depends. Like if you, if you don't use it much, you, you know, it's, it's very ergometric. You don't have to bend. As you get old in your 50s, me, I mean, bending. So it depends. Mostly. What about like a home central vacuum unit? Oh, totally. (laughs) Refrigerators with multiple upper and lower drawers. What am I trying to say? That there's like those refrigerators with three. Three zones. Three zones. Yeah. Gotta Uh, be overrated. It's so gimmicky. Nice story if you use it. 
Yeah. And if you have a party or something and you need extra refrigerator space, you can put the freezer refrigerator. That seems depends. I'd say blase, but it depends. If you use it great, if you don't over it. Okay. Trash compactors. Trash compactors. <laughs> I mean, I think we still sell them. I mean, I used to love I used to love them as a kid. We had one of those KitchenAids and and basically I, you know, you you know, on a cold night you keep hitting the button until you need like you need like a Bulgarian to take the thing out. <laughs> uh, but in an era of recycling, I think it's over. Crushed ice makers on the door of your fridge. <laughs> Depends how you like a drink. I right? like crushed ice. Then it's not overrated. Or just like, or you're just saying like ice, like water dispenser, ice dispenser uh, yeah, externally. Sure. Ice, I, I can tell you, ice is like, if you've ever had it, it's such a great convenience. Rather than stuffing your, your hand in a freezer to grab a few cubes out like I do. Oh yeah, it's good. It's a great convenience. We can move it up. How about a um, at the sink, one of those units that would go under the sink, but it's basically on demand hot water, kind of like its own little hot water supply, rather than waiting for your instant water. hot water. Yeah, love it. Love it. Underrated. Nice. Really? Oh, I love it. What the hell do I have to wait for a kettle? I just hit a button, and all the hot water. You know what, actually, Mark, I know you love TikTok. You just got on TikTok as well. And uh, how many followers are you up to now? Like 10? Almost 11. 11? 10. I saw something on there. Uh, one of those things, you just sent an email out about it. Like, oh, everybody's got this cool thing in their house. One of those clips was somebody that has a, like a, like a latte or it almost looks like a, a faucet, another faucet on your countertop, but it makes Starbucks-like drinks. Just punch in what you wanted to do. Well, that sounds underrated to me. <laughs> Last round, Steve. Built-in coffee makers. My sister swears by it. Absolutely swears by it. I think the meal of coffee maker, if you like coffee, it's awesome. It's I hear they break all the time. I know you have to clean them all the time or they break all the time. Okay. You know, right now, I'm, I'm coming with a program to say, okay, we know you aren't cleaning them. So let me send a tech out there to clean it for X amount of money. You got kind of thing. I mean, what do you do? You know, I, 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 in terms of coffee makers, in terms of uh, steam ovens, awesome. By meal is I give the nod to because they're so easy. Hit a button. Right. That's my goal in life. That's how I'll know I've made it one day. If I have a built-in coffee maker, I, 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 I'll die happy. That's the bar. You've That's set it. the bar. That's well, it. You your bar low enough. You can pretty much hop over, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Dan, you got a last one? Refrigerators that have freezers on the top. Oh, I haven't seen that since I was in fifth grade. Economical. No. Economical. We had one growing up. It's the least expensive. The reason why you don't see them is because um, California has that. California, all the crazy energy efficient, which isn't crazy. Energy efficient statutes come from California. California says, oh, you can ship to the rest of the country. You can't ship it to California unless it has this minimum efficiency standards. They were the first energy stock. And the problem is, is that I guess top freezers, because cold goes down, not up, are tough to make work in those energy standards. In fact, you only see like two manufacturers, really two main ones, Frigidaire, and then there's um, uh, Samsung, that make two. I, I have no problem with top freezers or bottom freezers. I put the top freezers in the, rent, in the rentals. Why so. wouldn't you? Yeah. You know, I mean, you, you, you stoop your vegetables, but we did it. And- Are you going to last one? No, I'm good. This this has uh, been awesome. 
Very yes, much appreciate Steve. it, Steve. This is a really fun episode. We, we enjoy talking to you. Hey, 50, man. You got to make it worthwhile, you know? All right. What time are we pelotoning tomorrow? What time do you want? 7.30? In. 7.30. All right. 30-minute 30, uh, 30 class, though. I'm not doing 45. 40, I, I don't do 30-minute classes. Oh, you're going to make it 45? You're on 45 or 60. Take your pick. I got to drive my wife to work at 8 a.m., so I can't do 7.30. <laughs> I'll reschedule. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> thank you again, Steve. All right, guys. Thank you. See you. All right. Stay safe. Take care. Bye.